What's going on guys? Welcome back to another episode of the North Bros Outdoors Podcast, episode 94. I am Nick Beto, Donkey, Lil Mike, uh, Brandon Wixell. And we've also got Chief in the car, Mike's dog. Uh, as you can tell already, the audio in this one is a little bit different than uh, the last couple episodes. And that is because we are doing a spontaneous in the car special episode. Uh, this is gonna kinda be another recap episode of the Devil's Lake 2024 fishing trip. It is currently 1.03 a.m. on Monday morning. We had a lot of setbacks this morning. Uh, nobody fished today. <laughs> we, uh, yeah, I mean, so as you can tell by the title of this episode, I th- what should we call this one? Uh, the Breakdown. Burr. Bur- the Breakdown? Burr. That's, yeah. Do that or, or Burr. Or Devil's Lake Rescue? I don't know. We'll come up with it. You guys already saw the title. We came up with it by the time you hear this. But, uh, <laughs> uh, yeah, so we're in the truck. We are currently on our way home from Devil's Lake at 1 o'clock in the morning. Again. Second yeah. So the weird part is we already left Devil's Lake at like 3 o'clock this afternoon, but we had to come back. So our last recap episode wasn't very good. How would you guys describe the trip? What do you, I mean, in one word. Cold. Cold. (laughs) Miserable. I would say eventful. That too. (laughs) Uh, We had issues with propane hoses cracking, fabric on ice houses tearing, heaters not working, machines not starting, trucks not starting, uh, minnow buckets spilling. The, the, the road out the way out here we had some very crappy road conditions it took us a while to get out here but uh, yeah the fishing was very very slow and we stayed up till about two o'clock in the morning last night recording a podcast and I guess now we're gonna do back-to-back nights of late night recording so Wixel, what do you why don't you take it away for a sec? Actually, before we get into that, sports update. The Cowboys lost again, and the Lions won their first playoff game in 32 years. So, good for the Lions. Cowboys were in, and then they're out. Yeah, it happens every That's year. Pretty America's, America's team. Yeah. But they were supposed to win the Super Bowl. That's every year. Next year. Well, next they'll year. get it next year for yeah, sure. For sure. No, I think the Vikings are going to bring her home. <laughs> That's almost as funny as the Cowboys going to bring it home. <laughs> we done boys. So this sports update, we're going to miss a couple games, but that's about all we got. We don't got to get into that. I do, however, but now I'm going to say this and then we'll touch on it again, but I want to give a massive shout out to Woodland Resort on Devil's Lake. They, man, I mean, they helped us out a ton today. And we'll kind of get into why. But specifically, I want to give a shout out to Alex, who works for Woodland Resort. He is one of their, you know, fishing guides and plow guys and runs around out on the lake. You do have his last name. You do got his last name. Yep. It's Hoffert. Hoffert? Yeah. 
Hoffert? Yep. Alex Hoffert. You're good shit, my dude. You're, uh, yeah, man, that was cool. It's going to take him a while to get to this one when he listens to all 92 other ones. Yeah, I don't know if he'll do that. I'll, he says I'll, he spends a lot of hours on the ice, so he's got plenty of time. Well, that's okay. If he's bored enough, maybe he'll listen. Well, let's get into it. So we wake up this morning, and Shaggy, you you kind of let her fly last night, buddy. We had a good night last night. Allegedly. Allegedly. I remember most of it. <laughs> Some parts are a little blurry. You were flying around this morning, though. Dude, I felt perfect. I woke up with a little headache, but I took some, I think I had Tylenol or Aleve or something. Must have had your head on the downside of the house last night. We were in the hotel. Yeah, well, the hotel must be leaning for your headache. Yeah, yeah that's what it was. <laughs> we had a fun time last night. Uh, yeah, except you guys going and pre-recorded an episode. Yeah, we, we pre-recorded episode 100, so 100 is already done. But I didn't even get to be on it. That's all right. Nobody I, told me. That, that episode has some <laughs> some major, major editing that needs to happen. Uh, yeah, long story short, we stretched that one out to two hours and 45 minutes, and I bet you it'll be close to... Probably close to that 20 two... minutes, maybe? Probably close to that two-hour mark by the time I'm done messing with it. But yeah, so... The Beetle Guide Service had a successful weekend. Busy, very, very busy weekend. I counted my phone calls today, and I had 70 phone calls. In a day. In one day. Welcome uh, to my world. I had 201 from <laughs> Thursday to, to Sunday. My total was probably like 250. Yeah. Life of a traveling salesman, I tell you what. Yeah, <laughs> tough. How many work phone calls did you take this weekend? Uh, like 400. <laughs> yeah. It was fun though. I, I like uh, I like being the guy that if somebody needs something, they they kind of call on you to to help them. Isn't that right, Wixo? Yeah, I'm real glad you're that guy. You know, and it's really funny. Now this is gonna be kind of confusing, but you kind of jinx this on yourself. Yeah, it probably didn't help that I said it out loud. And what did you say again? I said if there was ever a crew that I was to get stranded somewhere with, it'd be this one that I'd want it to be. And then less than 12 then hours later, stranded. where are we at? <laughs> I got stranded the next day. So. Yeah, we're, we're, we've currently got the Mini Max loaded up on a trailer behind... It drove on the trailer. <laughs> Just a little disclaimer there. It yeah, did... It did it drive did back on the trailer. Drive on the trailer. Uh, so we go to leave this morning, and everybody gets packed up and drives up, and we're, we're squaring up with the resort. We're getting ready to go. And when we go to hook up the fish houses, the Minimax doesn't start. So we're like, okay, well, not a problem. We'll just we'll just hook up to it with the razor, pull it closer to a you know an outlet so we can plug it in with an extension cord, and it'll be fine. We plug it in with the extension cord, and was how long was it plugged in for? Uh, it was probably plugged in for. 30 minutes but when we as soon as we pulled it back it stayed running so then I plugged it in while it was running it ran for probably I don't know two hours it was a while before we yeah. left I mean we we took a while to pack up yeah and it ran the whole time yeah and it uh I mean it it, it got up the temperature didn't throw any codes didn't throw nothing and I'm well, not a it had a check engine code from the previous <coughs> day 
Oh, it did have one. Yeah, but I, it ran. I drove it the day before. Not very far, but, like, everything was fine. I just assumed it was something to do with the cold. Now, I might sound like an idiot here, but if something, if it gelled up, would it not just die, or would it run a little bit and then die? They'll, they'll run, like, like, you can be driving and physically gelling up while you're driving. It's just kind of depends on... What's going on, I guess. Well, it's more common when you put them under a load. Then they'll start to act up when you're driving. They'll idle forever if they're gelled. I really hope we're not jinxing anything because it's uh, currently sure. negative 16 outside. I wonder what the real, real fail is. We're going to do a, a check here. and We just left Devil's Lake. Negative 45. It feels like negative 45 outside. So anyway, the truck's plugged in. It's running. We get it all hooked up and we start to leave. And now, Wixa, you gotta take it over because I was in my own vehicle. I didn't know what was going on until I got the first call for help. Well, we had like a 200 yard drive from our campsites to the front door so we could go pay. And the truck died about four or five times in that span. So there's problem number one. And then after we get out, we get out and pay. Let it run there for a bit. Started going. Got on just the road to leave the resort. It died probably another six or seven times. Mostly just going up that the hill on the corner. And then we got out into the road and I couldn't I couldn't break eleven miles an hour without it cutting out on me. So we definitely came up with the conclusion that it did gel up. Yeah. And so now we've got the truck and the ice house stranded about, I don't know, I'd say a half mile off of the highway that you, you turn into Woodland Resort off of. So, Wixo pulls over, and now I am, I take off and I go to a truck stop to try and find, not the diesel 911, we did put some of that in there, but I went, what was that other additive I got? House. Nope. Just, it's just a, the white bottle? Yeah, the white bottle. That's one. just like a treatment, or an additive for the fuel. It's not the 911, but it's just like another additive. Yeah, so we got that and then <coughs> Donkey went and grabbed a fuel filter. And did you have that socket or did you have to buy it? I bought one. You bought that one? I figured, well, for my pickup too, it, I'll need to replace my filter at some point. So, so we I get, just used the crescent wrench to do it in the past. We get back to Wixo and at this point, the rest of in our motto the Beetle Guide Service motto is no man left behind. Unless you're Cameraman Cubby. Cameraman Cubby, Jacob, and Micah. Micah, you want to stick up for yourself? In my defense, actually, on behalf of everyone that was just named, Nick did say, hey, you guys should probably get out of here when we're at the SEDEX. He goes, we're going to be here for a while. There's no <laughs> sense in you guys sticking around. Did you say that? I did say that. And yeah. then about three hours later, he's like, God, you guys suck. You all, you left us. <laughs> well, that was kind of like one of those, like, freedom between the line moments. Yeah. Like, yeah, you guys can go, but really, like, we should all kind of stick together. Well, at least they had more than, it wasn't just one person that did. Yeah, no, they, they convoyed Well, until back. they got to Grand Force, because then Jacob took off on his own. Yeah, he kind of cruised out past us, but. Shout out know, to Jake. That old power stroke just likes to run. She can't be stopped. Alright, easy, easy. <laughs> He's not even here to defend himself. 
Now it's 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 it's, it's one o'clock no in the morning. I don't think he's awake. <laughs> but anyway, so we get back and now we're sitting out on a gravel road in the middle of an open field, and Wixo's laying on the ground in his ice suit, changing out the fuel filter. Pulls the filter out. Nothing is gelled up in the filter. So there was a little bit of jelly soot in the bottom of it, but nothing. Nothing that seems super bad. Not should not that would have caused that problem. No, I don't think so. So we mess around with that for I don't know about uh, what would you say half hour? Say even twenty minutes. It didn't take too. Yeah, long. Yeah, it didn't take very long. And then we get we get all that done and we we go to start and the truck fires right up. Yep. Fires right up after we get that fuel filter put in, and then. We, I left. I went. I didn't leave, but I got in my truck and I backed the castle out off of the road that we were on, and I pulled it out. And we thought we were gold, and we thought we were good to go. Then Wixo tries to move. I had enough time to pull forward and then back up at an angle enough to block the entire road, and then permanently kill it. Yeah, she. After she died that time, she did not want to start. Nope. It would run for about two seconds max, and then nothing. Just long enough to put it in neutral after we figured out how to put it in neutral. Thanks a lot, GM, for this terribly designed vehicle that is almost impossible to get into neutral. Hey, mine? Yeah. It goes into neutral pretty yeah. easy. <laughs> the uh, A pickup should have a column shifter. These new ones are terrible. That might be a hot take. Yeah, they, they suck. I, I'm with you on that. Well, I, I think it should have the column shifter. What do you think? All day. Column shifter yeah, all day it, long. It needs a cable. That, that, that electronic shifting is terrible. All right, little Mike, let's hear your explanation on why you like the dial shifter. I wouldn't say I love the dial shifter. I'm just used to it now. Um, and it's a, I mean, I like the Rams. I'm, I just like quality, I guess. So here I am stuck with it. Why'd you buy a Ram then? That's what I'm thinking. <laughs> well, I figured the first one was a fluke, you know. You're not going to buy something that's going to start on fire twice. <laughs> so, we, we give it one more shot. If this one goes to hell, I'll make the switch, okay? Fair <laughs> that's enough. fair. That's the only, fair. The, call, or the dial shifter, like Micah's got, the only thing I see wrong with that is like, driving down the road and like Justin Bieber comes on the radio, like, oh shit, and then, well, you're in park. <laughs> 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 that wouldn't be very good. That's funny. I never even thought of that. I wonder, have you ever done that? It did. I saw it. It may have been tested. <laughs> yes. Um, I haven't accidentally spun it, but just out of curiosity <laughs> of what would have happened. I think we were doing like 25, and we spun it. And yeah, it, it won't. It doesn't allow you to do it. I think you is, have safety nice. switches in them. Right. So does it even pop into neutral then? Nope. Nothing changes. Nothing changes. It, just, it, won't, it won't let you do it. See, there's I am wondering, one. though, the first year they did that, if somebody didn't... I mean, I'm sure somebody thought of it. So I was like, nah, no one's going to do that. You're an idiot. And then... I would think that the first time when they first came... I don't know when they came out with that, but I bet you it didn't have a safety switch in it. There's got to be YouTube videos of that somewhere. <laughs> Actually, I saw something a while back. I don't remember if it was on Facebook or Instagram, but it was a guy driving a Ford Ranger... <laughs> And he's like, I wonder what happens if I am going oh, yeah, like 55 miles an hour down the highway and I put her in reverse. 
and he did it and that truck did not like that and there was no safety switch in that thing once you forced nope. it I watched that video too and I believe the tires just locked up solid yeah <laughs> I think back, there was a couple clumps back too. then the older generations you didn't have to worry about that yeah you know they didn't that thing get a lot of extra neutrals yeah it had a lot of <laughs> neutrals so at this point now I think is an appropriate time to give Big Mike a shout out Mikey Lamone he uh, luckily was was there with us, and him in Alaska had just finished fishing. And it was funny when I was grabbing that that other jug of additive, I saw him drive by. I'm like, oh, yeah, he's a he's a one man show. He just you know does whatever Alaska, he wants. Not Mike. Yeah, Alaska. Mike stuck around. So after we get Wixos truck in the middle of the road, dead, we kind of had a little group meeting, and we decided we're going to leave this truck behind and we're going to come back for it. Hence the reason that we are giving this unplanned podcast episode to our listeners. Uh, so we're, we decided we're going to leave the truck behind. So I go back to the resort and I ask Garrett, I don't remember Garrett's last name, but I asked Garrett is the guy I was talking to. I said, do you have, do you happen to have a building that we can stick this truck in? We, you know, we're, we, we live, we've got a three and a half hour drive home. We're going to go home, drop our stuff, turn around, come back, get the truck. He's like, yeah, let me make a phone call, whatever. Found out or got a hold of somebody, found out that they had a, a, a bay and a shop that was open. So we towed the truck back there and uh, had a little incident with a plow truck guy, but that's, we're not going to get into that's that. That's history. That's gone. Uh, but uh, we get the truck there. We push it into the shop. And then we ended up, the Jeep, Jasper, the Jeep got to pull the Minimax back to the shop that we put it in. And so how does that make you I'm pretty sure there was a video taken. I'm just happy that it was not having to get pushed the whole time. (laughs) Fair enough. (laughs) So yeah, the Jeep came to the rescue, pulled the, uh, pulled the Minimax back, and then Mike... how happy do you think your dad was to get to pull Take something with Jeep? Seemed like cloud nine. <laughs> Absolutely. Well, yeah, when it's <laughs> negative 14 degrees and he's sticking his hand out the window to take a video, he's probably... That, that's pretty... a proud moment for Jasper. <laughs> you know, I think Papa Josh had fun on this trip, but he's I also... thinking like, yeah, let's see your Ford Bronco do this. <laughs> <laughs> we were talking earlier and we said, uh, you know... Uh, I, I don't know that he enjoyed... I think he enjoyed the fishing part, but I think what he liked more was just hanging out in the ice castle, watching TV, and waiting for that call of, hey, I need some help. Yep, we're like, hey, we have a broken propane regulator. Can you fix it? Oh, yeah, I can fix <laughs> it. Oh, he was there stat. Yeah. Like, well, right away, 100%. he was over there. Even when... when, Well, we'll get into that after this. the first story's done. But, uh... So then Mike luckily had his little trailer he's got a pretty cool setup he drives his four-wheeler up into his pickup and then his ice house he's got an otter lodge i think or what does he have yep that sounds right the yeah lodge. sounds yep. about right so his otter lodge fits perfectly on this little trailer and mike unhooked from that trailer and the jeep hooked up to that and then mike hooked up to the glacier and wixo's house and pulled it back the only bad part was the trailer module on 
Mike's pickup does not work. Brand new pickup. Yeah, it's a 2024, I believe. Yeah, and correct. That, that does not work either. So the the trend is if you have a shout out GM again. Absolutely. If you have a 2018 Silverado, they're trusty. They're trusty. Do not do not get a new one yet. <coughs> let them let them work out the kinks. They did have transmission issues in the 1500s though for a while. So hey, mine's still running strong. Well, I got a good one. Your first, your other pickup you did. No, nope. after you smoked that deer. Though. Yeah, that 14. That one was a different story. But uh, yeah, so then we get get back to town. Uh, rolled back into Fargo about six o'clock this evening. Sean took off, went down to Wapton. Now shout out to Little Mike for get and Bach. Got to give a shout out to Bach for the oh, trailer. Yeah. There's a lot of people involved <laughs> with this. Uh, it was quite while the ordeal. While we're giving it. shout outs here, another one to Little Mike for this shocker hitch. This thing's one smooth ride. Yeah, that, that definitely makes a difference. I think I want one of those. Shocker hitch. Well, then I guess if we're going to go to shocker hitch, Scott Benz, the redhead of Rebel, he's the one who makes those. So we give a shout out to him too. Now, well, then we got to. He's we never going to listen to this, but. <laughs> we better uh, SS Minnow. He, he was one of the phone calls that we made to uh, figure out what we were going to do. And also Andrew Jutz. He was another one that uh, that we called. And he, he was he's a diesel mechanic and he was helping us out as well. So shout out to all those people. Uh, maybe if you're listening, you know them. Uh, they, you know, may not seem like they did much, but that every little bit helped. We had a, we're, we're lucky enough to have a, a really big circle with a lot of a lot of different people that that know a lot about different things so but anyway yeah we got back to fargo around six sean went to wapton grabbed the trailer from little mike and he came up picked up wixo came over and picked me up we drove up the devil's lake then we ended up meeting alex talked to him for a while it was, you know negative 16 feels like negative 48 49 whatever it is and something then, like that so we were able to go into their shop there and warm up as we were strapping the truck down. And now we're on our way home with the truck. And hopefully it starts once we get back to get it into the garage. And then we'll see what tomorrow brings. And I will say, you guys did a wonderful job on chaining and strapping that pickup down. It's just absolutely awesome. Yeah, it is still there. <clears throat> I hope. I was going to help, but I was like, well, I kind of provided the trailer. Reminded up. So like, I, well, my, and the my, chains yeah, and the straps. My job is done here. You know it's cold out when you're wearing a sweatshirt and the wind is just... Now, this might sound dumb, but, like, my arms were frozen after standing out there with... I just got a vest on. Oh, you're not alone. I got a long sleeve <coughs> Carhartt shirt and, a, like, one of them thick Carhartt windbreaker rain defender deals, and it cuts through that, too. Yeah, it is It is miserably cold. But, Wixo, what else did you have going on today? Oh, uh, well, on top of the truck, there was the wheeler that didn't want to start either morning. Uh, found the generators leaking gas as I was loading everything up. It's Plus, not just leaking gas, it's yeah, pouring no, gas. Yeah, it's, she's probably empty now, so we're it's fine now. Can't leak gas Can't if leak there's no if gas you ain't left. Got it. <laughs> so that'll, be, that'll, that'll get torn apart. Um, went through all of the propane yeah propane was another major issue that uh that we were having this weekend and it you know i don't know how many there's probably a lot of guys that go out and they fish in this stuff actually i know there is but 
one thing that we learned from this weekend is, and we're always pretty good, we're always pretty prepared for, you know, any case scenario, but you, this, when it's this cold, you have to be prepared for everything. We even had on Sean's big trailer is triple axle 40, how long is it? 40. The 40 foot triple axle uh, fifth wheel. We had a brake line hanging close to the ground on that. We had to fix that. Yeah, that was not fun. Yeah. I had to crawl all the way under there. And I didn't it in my sw- like an idiot. I was already in the truck, and then somebody noticed it. So then I get out in my sweatshirt, and I crawl under there in my freaking sweatshirt when it's negative 16 degrees outside. That was not, not fun. I will say, it's kind of amazing how uh, just living up, you know, in the northern climate, I guess, we... Uh, we do bitch about the cold, I would say a fair amount, but we we don't really take the the measures we should to stay warm when it gets to be this cold. We just deal with it and you know, I don't know. I know plenty of people that are still just fine. Everyone's got most of their toes and fingers. We're, we're okay. I think my my favorite line from this weekend or this trip was it's not so bad when everybody is miserable. Like yep. nobody likes the cold. No. But we couldn't, we couldn't really, in this case, we couldn't switch the time that we came up here because we had so many people that were involved, you know, just making this whole thing happen and getting everybody together. It's not easy to get, you know, 24 of your buddies together and go fishing. I mean, people got to take work off. People got to, you know, adjust their schedules. And, and I don't think anybody other than Mike and Jake on episode 100, which you'll hear in a while. <clears throat> other than those two going at each other, nobody really got mad. I was really mad on Friday because I got to fish for a whopping three hours. But well, I wouldn't say I was mad. I was just I was maybe you were, a little fresh, a little honoring. You, you were on one. Yep. Yeah, you I were, was on a roll. I was having a ball. I was having a really good time. So was I. <laughs> Me and Mike had a real good time last night. None of you guys wanted to come and join us. One thing we never... Yeah, we were recording podcasts for four hours last night. And nobody told us about it, though. Me and Mike didn't even know. That is false. You guys knew we were doing that. I didn't, actually. Well, anyway. One thing we never did really touch on was what we were trying to do when we were fishing. As far as what we were doing for what depths we we were fishing... And I think we fished a, a very, I think the deepest anybody was in, and maybe I'm wrong, but I think it was 40 feet. We had 43. You were in 43? Yep. So the deepest we fished was 43, and I think the shallowest was 8? Eight. 8 or 9. And that was Jake. Jake was in 8 or 9 feet. I kind of bounced around. I fished in, uh, I fished in 20, 24, 40, and... 36. Was I on 36? We're in 36. And 36. So we kind of hit all the different depths. The one jig that I think that, at least for myself, the the pink buckshot, just the eighth ounce buckshot, that worked really well. As far we didn't, I mean, the cold snap really. Uh, it killed a lot. It, it it really slowed the bite down, which we knew going into it. But the that pink buckshot worked really good. I, I had fish under it all the time. They weren't necessarily biting it. 
but the three that I used the most this weekend were the, the pink buckshot, one of the new clam spoons with the glass rattle on the back and the painted hooks, the perch talker, and then the anything gold seemed to be the ticket towards the evening. And I tried, I, I don't know what the heck it was called, it was a gold lure, that's all I know, I'm not a big fishing guy. I tried one of those, had no luck. <coughs> I tried the perch talker, had no luck on this last day, and then I, I think I threw a ripping wrap down the hole just to see what the heck that would do. And then on my other line, I just had a, um, just one of those yellow caviar drops, which has always worked good in the past for us. So I threw that down, and that was the only thing I ever caught a fish on. So I would say go, you know, buy shields out of them right now. <laughs> and you're guaranteed to catch fish. The caviar drop is a classic. It, that We did really well last year out here using that. And the year before. But the other one, and Wixo can touch on this, but the Tika Minnow. Yeah. I, didn't, I didn't try one this weekend, but the Tika Minnow. You guys were using those, weren't you, Wixo? Yeah, we probably had a little bit more action on the Tika Minnows than we did um, spoons and, and live bait. Do you, do you, when you use the tikka minnows, do you, do you actually bait them or no? Nope. Actually, the biggest walleye we got was on a tikka minnow. About like the one inch or one and a quarter inch or whatever it is. So is that like the eighth, the eighth ounce yeah, one? It's a pretty small. I, I think it's more than an eighth, but it's a it's a pretty small uh, bait. Uh, and we, we used pink UV box shots, uh, gold spoons even like LED blinking light spoons. Um, Is that even legal? They sell them. <laughs> I have one. <laughs> okay. I don't know. So maybe we didn't use those. <laughs> well, I, don't, I, don't, I actually don't know. Is it? I don't know why they would sell them. Well, they sell a lot of things. <laughs> Ain't that the truth? Well, Drugs. they should put that on the package. <laughs> not, not legal. Well, I could see them not being legal in Minnesota because there's lots of Was there something on the package saying that it causes cancer in the state of California? Uh, I'd have to read the package. I and actually might it. say on the package it's that it is fine. legal, but <laughs> I didn't read the package. So here's a controversial question. Or maybe, maybe not. I don't know. So I, I like to switch lures, but I hate retying and untying and cutting line and doing all that nonsense. So I... Do you think it, you know, it makes a difference if you have one of those, like, you know, swivel snap hook things tied on, and then you just hook your lure onto that? Do you think the fish... I've, I've done that for many years, because I'm the same way. I feel I'm not very good at tying the knots. I lose a lot of lures. Yeah. So I finally just said, screw it, and hey, somebody tie this, and just put a leader on it, and then I can change hooks as many times as I want and never have to cut my line. So that is a pretty controversial one. Uh, I actually side on the, or I'm on the side of that, that is, I believe it does make a difference. Mm -hmm. I like tying my line directly to the lure, to my lure. <coughs> and I also, now, now that you say that, I don't, I don't have my rods set up this way right now, but I, I have nine different rods in my ice fishing rod bag. And I think I'm going to take like one of them and put a caviar drop on it. 
One of them I'm going to put a Tika minnow on. One I'm going to have a UV buckshot on. Yep. And then I'm going to put them in my rod holder. And then if I want to switch, I can just real quickly, you know, switch. grab it, swap it out. And yeah. What about you, Wixo? Um, I don't think it makes a huge difference on an aggressive bite. But I've lost a number of fish to those hooks or those clasps failing. So I just tie direct. Okay. So you've actually had the clasp open up? Yep. If you're gonna do it, there's some, there's certain ones that there's almost like a hook that goes around. And then there's some that it's just a straight metal, like the metal's just straight and it just latches in. Do not get the straight ones because those fail all the time. So the only ones I have. Well, I've, I've lost a number of fairly large fish to those things just getting pulled wide open. The, the, you'll get it up and it'll, the bar will just be bent out of the way. Fair enough. But you also, you agree that you, on average, where most of your rods, the, the, like I might have, I think I might have one or two of, the, of my rods that have that clasp on there. I have zero. You have zero clasps? Yep. So you're 100% lure, lure to line, that's yep. it? everything. I used to use them, used to use them a lot. Now, after I had lost enough fish on them, I, I don't do it for anything, summer or winter. And so I was big on those little clasp things, and now I'm starting to think, well, I've, well and I don't know, we caught a lot of fish this weekend, but I didn't catch hardly anything until I actually just tied two of my lure. So now I'm kind of sold. I think that's the way to do it. I think on a week, week like this where it's a really slow bite, it definitely makes a difference. Anything extra on that? Yeah, you don't want anything that's... Even like tying a barrel swivel up your line might help to get rid of any line twist. Because I noticed with the camera, with some of my baits, I'd put them down there and I'd have to slow way down to get the fish to come up. But then the bait would just slowly spin, and I think that was a that was shutting them down. I think we touched on this on uh, episode 92, but the one thing that I think is kind of interesting is when you go to, you know, say you got your camera down and you have fish in the area, but they're not, or a live scope or whatever. If you have fish in the area, and generally I would say it's within like a five, five to ten foot range, because that's about on average, I would say that's as far as you can see with your camera, unless you're in like a super, super clear lake. But you cannot, if you bring that thing down to the bottom and you pound it off the bottom, they're not gonna bite, but they're, it's crazy how, you know, they, they hear that or see that and they're like, well, what's going on over there? Like, I gotta go check that out. So, one of the couple of things that we did that worked pretty well was uh, we would use that tika minnow or like a rattle trap or something big and shiny and loud, and we would, depending on how deep we were, we'd fish that like, say we we're fishing in 20 feet of water, we will fish that lure at like 14, 15 feet until we see fish on the screen, and then we'll drop it down. Then the one thing we did catch a few fish on is dropping the lure all the way to the bottom and just letting it sit on the bottom. We had a walleye and a per
perch both suck it off the bottom. The tough part for that was uh, we had we basically had to see it on the camera to know that they bit. Otherwise, it was kind of kind of just pick it up and see if you could feel the weight. But it took a while. They would stare at it for quite a while before they actually hit it. That seemed like it was a trend with this cold snap, and, and it's probably something that is pretty consistent, you know, over every cold snap. But the bite was very, very light. Yeah. I don't know if you guys had any super aggressive ones that like smoked it. We had two. The biggest I didn't even fish. Catch a fish so. Yeah. The biggest fish that was caught hit really aggressive, and then one uh, one small perch. Yeah, they, I mean... Otherwise, it was, like, barely even feel it. Yeah, and this weather, I mean, it's it sucks that we were out fishing this, this weekend with how cold and windy and how bad the weather was, but we need these cold snaps. I mean, we're already, we're, I mean... Halfway through the fishing yeah, season. Yeah, we're, like, almost. halfway done. We're, we're almost heading towards the end of season. Well, we're, like, mid-season right now is what I would say. Normally, my season starts in November, around Thanksgiving. This year, my first time fishing was January 11th, when we went to Devil's Lake. Which, that is the first time in a lot of years that I did not get out in November. And this year, I didn't have a deer tag, so I was kind of hoping for an early ice. Um... And it seemed like the early ice kind of kicked off right around that Christmas time. And I think now even down in southern Minnesota, they're still waiting for ice. There are still lakes that are wide open. And the ice conditions are still awful. I mean, they're, we've heard just this weekend, we've heard snowmobiles going through, side-by-sides going through. There was just a pickup in a castle that went through. I believe Red Lake's actually going to open back up again, too, this this weekend or these these coming weeks or not coming weeks coming days <laughs> I think they're already open I got a, a text today from uh, Jacob he sent me a message saying that JR's JR's is uh, three quarter tons and tandem axle houses are a go which is bonkers given what they've gone through this year but yeah but it's been super super cold so I think they're I think they're locked up good now and just like always, I mean, no ice is safe ice. There's, you know, you're always going to have to be paying attention. And, and I think you should always be checking ice. One thing about the, our trip this weekend that I really liked is that we, we did a lot of the buddy system. I don't think there, I think there only was one or two times where guys went by themselves. But then again, after you get out there the first time and you check everything, you know, once you have that... This is kind of contradicting what I just said, but once you have that baseline of like, okay, I've been out here, I know what I'm doing, there's people driving all over, that's a little bit different. Well, it's not so much that you're not checking, you just know that, like, you're you're gonna see if something's different. Like, the last day we went out, we got to the one, one of the spots that we had to pay attention to, and we noticed that there was another crack there now that was not there before. So we got out, checked that, and found, you know, whatever issues we had to deal with. So it's it's not so much, you know, you check your ice on the way out, and then you, you got to just pay attention to if, if anything's changing. 
see in stuff that you don't remember, then you're going to want to check that. Or if the you know, vice is shifting on you, you'll want to start paying attention again. But after you get the first one done, you know, if your conditions are the same and it's cold, you're probably going to be okay. Well, yeah, that being said, I think every scenario is a little different. But in our, in our case this weekend, I don't think any of us were worried about... Once we got out there the first time, and then it was going to be negative 20 for the next two days, I think we're like, you know what? We, yeah. We should do nothing but get better. <laughs> so. I think the lake put on about five inches while we were there. Yeah, they're getting dead. Well, Mike, what's your event coming up that you got up there? You were talking to Alex about it. Yep. So, uh, there's this, it's called Agronomy on Ice, and really it's just a big social event. Um with some of these these ag companies and retailers and chemical distribution guys um, kind of up here in the Red River Valley and there's uh they do like three four lanes of fish houses and beer and food and fire and just a great time and last year you weren't even able to fish out there right no so last year there was so much uh so much snow on the lake and weight on, on the bad on the bad ice that they were able to get everybody out there but they popped a hole and they flooded like I don't know quite a, quite a few lanes did you say four I think it was four four lanes of the deal they flooded <laughs> and then so, and he said he spent he said, all that time plowing that out yep <laughs> so he said no more holes no we struggled with that last year too with all the snow that we had we were full <coughs> All of our houses were flooding out. It's kind of wild to put that into perspective. You know, we were up here a year ago, and we had so much snow that if you didn't have a snowmobile, which luckily we were, we had, I think, three or four snowmobiles last year, but if you didn't have a snowmobile, there were only a few spots that you could get off the plowed roads. Or tracks on the ranger or something. Yeah. Yep. I know we definitely struggled with that quite a bit last year. So here's here's maybe a dumb question, because I haven't fished on a... Like, how much snow was there last year that you were running your snowmobile out on? There, Which well, excuse me. There were spots, so for those of you that know Devil's Lake, we were out by the towers, and there were spots out by the towers that there was a solid 24 inches of snow before you'd hit the ice. <laughs> so what's it like fishing on two foot of snow? Or do you look for a spot where there is no snow, I guess? So, my personal opinion, uh, the first time that I've ever actually done that in that much snow was last year. And it wasn't just Devil's Lake that we were dealing with that much snow. It was every lake we went to. Yep. I mean, I remember we got Wixos truck stuck. You guys got stuck last year. Yep. You know, it was everywhere. But... When I do that, I try and find a spot where it's drifted really hard and maybe not not quite as deep. But last year, it was where we wanted to fish. You were pretty much, I mean, you were, you had to dig, you either had to dig it out. I remember the, the, that particular spot that I'm talking about when we were out there. I left my sled up on top of the snow and I when I flipped it open, I shoveled the inside about a foot away from the, the actual, like, base of the house, 
and I dug it down in there. My legs were sh like barely touching the ice when I was sitting in my sled. And when you have that much snow, then you then you run into the issue of flooding. So even if you were to take the time to shovel everything off, then you're going to be sitting in, you know, sometimes it can be two, three inches of water. Yeah. So I, I don't enjoy that per se. I mean, yep. I don't know. Well, that's one thing I always wondered because I was like, can you just pop a hole through the snow into the ice and can you fish just on top of that snow or, or do you have to kind of, kind of dig down and get to the ice that's where actually... like like the wind when when they when the uh you know you get the snow drifts and they the, the hard pack yep that's when i you know finding that if you find a good enough piece of hard pack yes you can set up on top of it and just drill through it and it's good and then the only issue that you have is when your heater's running in there for x amount of time it starts melting all the snow yep and then it's slushy and it's cold and miserable <laughs> yeah i i don't know i if you guys were to pick between the ice conditions this year where it's a little bit thinner than normal but there's no snow and you can go as long as you're being safe and checking everything you can go pretty much anywhere or where you have to use the plowed roads and you have to use the resort to plow you a spot which way would you rather have it I'm take taking no snow all day. Yeah. Especially with, like, I don't have a snowmobile or I don't have anything. But if I'm using a machine, it's usually just a wheeled machine, and you're not going very far in that, so. Yeah. Those wheelers don't need very much <laughs> ice to get around on, so I'm, I'm definitely taking that. So what ice thickness are you guys comfortable with? Uh, let's just say a side-by-side. -side. I know we're kind of split. Some of us have wheelers, some of us have side-by-sides, but... For a side-by-side, -side, what would you be comfortable with? Uh, I think the guidelines say 8 to 10. I'd probably say 8. I'm going to go 10, just because I'm still new to this. I was thinking <laughs> 10, but I, I think the guideline is 8 to 10, but I'm here on the side of caution and go with 10. I don't want to make the news. Yeah, and especially in a year like this year when you know we found a 7-inch difference in ice. You know, granted, that was probably two miles apart but it I mean it changes so fast that you I, I don't know I I would personally say 10 I mean like this weekend there were we saw three quarter tons driving out there yeah I don't know what those guys were thinking yeah, well nobody went through <laughs> well I will say this uh, after seeing what guys were doing this weekend um it it kind of gives you like an appreciation for what you know these Minnesota departments of, I don't know, whoever is in charge of this nonsense, um, you know, for making these regulations, because, like, now I know, like, okay, if we got 20 inches, yeah, we're, we're good, we can pull whatever the heck we want out there, you know, pickup and trailer-wise, we're going to be okay, versus, you know, after seeing three-quarter tons and, and tandem axles go out on, like, 14, 15 inches, you know, now I think it's kind of pretty clear that they've they've kind of took away the risk for us giving us those those numbers but it's kind of tied in with the like when you get a cup of coffee from mcdonald's and it says warning hot contents yep like it took one guy to do something stupid and now there's a guideline for everybody to follow yep but hey somebody's got to be the fall guy yeah it sucks for them but 
Thank God they did it. <laughs> yeah, I I mean, seeing all those wheelhouses and stuff out there, I, I think we could have... I honestly think that all three of us could have pulled our houses out there this weekend. That would have been fine. But it was a combination of the inconsistent ice and the... Ridiculously cold temps. The cold temps and how slow the fishing was. We just, we set our campers down in the campsite, which again, shout out to Woodland. They got a sweet place up there. If you're ever thinking about going to Devil's Lake, definitely uh, get into Woodland and they can, they can take you out if you don't have anything. They can take you out if you're fully set up and just need some pointers. I mean, check out Woodland. But yeah, we set our houses down in the campsite and I don't know about you, Blixo, but I didn't even, I mean, it might have crossed my mind one time to take my house out, and I very quickly changed my mind. No, I thought it was awesome. I mean, having shore power was was really nice. and well, Especially when your generator ain't got no gas in it. Well, that too, yeah. <laughs> with these cold temperatures, with all the issues we did have. That was just one one less thing we had to worry about. Right. You're not going to lose, well, I guess you could lose power there, but chances of losing power on shore, slim to your generator freezing up on the ice. Well, I would say we probably had considerably less problems doing it the way we did it this weekend than if we would have been trying to, uh, you know, park stuff out on the ice potentially. You know, if we had wheelhouses set up out there and have vehicles out there and, you know, other stuff that, you know, because we were sheltered pretty good at that camp area. So everything was, I would say almost, you know, I don't want to put a number on it, but considerably warmer being on shore and out of the wind than if we would have been on the ice for most of the days. Yeah, well, most of that stuff was sitting in an actual minus 14 degree weather instead of the minus 49 that was out on the ice. Yeah, so. <coughs> yeah, and that's another thing, too. Like, there, that campsite is so secluded. It never, I mean, it was cold, but it never really felt like miserable, like super, super cold. Like it didn't feel like negative twenty when you were out of the wind. No, you needed your you needed your snow gear on, but with that you could you could be outside. Where on the ice, if you were in that wind, there was it was put the shelter up and get in. Another thing, uh, if anybody's wondering what the cost was of that campsite, and it might vary a little bit depending on what you're looking at doing, but I think it's right around a hundred. 150 bucks for three days. So there's probably somebody out there going, oh, I wonder what that costs. Well, there you go. We kind of gave you what what uh, what we got, and we didn't get a, a deal or anything like that. So I just had a question. Oh, yeah. So do you guys think that the wind chill affects, obviously it affects, like, your body and like your your hands and stuff is going to feel colder than than what the, the actual temperature is with the wind but do you think it affects like inanimate objects like the four-wheelers and the side-by-sides i think if they're parked in the wind it does yeah but if you got them parked down like well we were down in the camp area you're kind of out of the wind but if you were out on the ice so if you had your razor with your fish house parked out on the ice unless you moved your razor around your house to hide it from the wind you 100 percent would so it's yeah, but that's the wind. That's not the the wind. Well, I guess well, the it, wind I guess chill it kind of is the wind because it is from the wind. Like I think that was with carbs issue. 
his was parked in the wind out on the wide open ice. That's why his ain't running. Yeah, and that, that 2024 uh, Razor XP1000 is still not running. Again, we can look look at all these. The new shit don't work. Yeah, that's the 2024 a, Razor don't work. The 2022 pickup don't work. The 2024 pickup's got issues. The old trusty 18, she's still kicking. Thank God we needed a ride home. Right? No kidding. It would have been cold and slow at 10 miles an hour. Yeah. Yeah, I don't know, man. I I wanted a new truck, but after all the issues that we had this weekend, I mean, it was... Uh, my truck did great. It didn't like starting this morning after sitting for three days in sub-zero temperatures not being plugged in, but she she cracked off. I'll say these... mine, too. It, I mean, it only sat all of yesterday. And, it probably sat for two days. But, yeah, it drove by it. I almost started it popped off right away and had no issues so can't complain was it angry when it started she's pretty angry yeah the started did show like negative 16 after running for five ten minutes so <laughs> dude my 1990 what is that what is that oldsmobile a 1998 oldsmobile yeah, like work car popped right off this morning i don't know my razor didn't Wixo wanted to know what kind of battery I had in that thing. <laughs> yeah, a turbo battery. <laughs> yeah. That thing didn't miss even this morning, though, after... Started like it starts in the summer. The Ranger had issues this morning. Wixos had issues, and that thing pops right off. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it helped that it ran so much. But, I mean, if it, if it sits out there for, I mean, eight hours and it's not running, it's just as cold as everything else is. Like, just because... Just because you ran it all day doesn't mean that it's going to be warmer than what it was before, you know, or, yeah, and maybe that's a hot topic or a controversial comment, but that's well, just... I would, I would say some of this maybe like, you could help things like this by running a different oil, but some of this maybe, you know... A little thinner in the cold months? Yep. I think the oil that I'm running is the... I don't, I think I actually have the high heat stuff in there right now, because the last time I changed it was this summer, and I'm going to have, I'm going to have to, uh, hey, it didn't have any issues. Maybe that's it. It's awesome. You, it's you ran the high heat stuff, and she, she ran better. She's a little warmer. Yeah, a little misconception there, but yeah, I mean, if that's how it works, if it says high heat on the box, it should be, should be good to go. I'm going to have to do a service on that thing again here soon because my I really, I, I'm really a stickler on following my service clock. And I think my service clock is now down to like five hours, and it was at 30. That's where I got my 24, 25-hour mark of how many hours my the engine on the Razor was running. That thing didn't sit still much. I should have reset my odometer and seen how many miles we put on that thing. We did burn through, I think, what, three tanks of fuel? We're on our third right now? Yeah, because you filled it once, and then I filled it. So I think it'd be on the third. Yeah, because it was full. Well, no, it wasn't full. It was two bars down when we took it, or when we got there. Yeah, I wanted cu Cameraman Cubby to go fill it up with fuel for me, because it was at uh, my parents' place, and I don't have it when I'm at home. So I asked him if he could do it, and somebody made the executive decision that it was fine with two bars down. And I had to fill it up on the first day of being there. 
That'll happen. You get that on those bigger drops. <laughs> Sometimes. So what uh, what what changes or what did you guys take away from from this weekend? Anything you would do different or anything you would recommend? And I think this is a good time for the North Bros tip of the week. Always be prepared. <laughs> it takes a lot of stuff to be prepared. It does. You can't, I mean, essentially you can't be prepared for anything because you're going to get curveballs, but it, try to be prepared for everything. Think of anything that could happen. Yeah. Well, and that's one good thing about having a group this size and everybody, you know, every, everybody that we have in our group is pretty, pretty handy and, and you know, has a little more knowledge about one thing than maybe you do and, and, and that, that works all the way around. I mean, look at, look at Wixel's truck today, for example. We were trying anything and everything we could to get that truck to run again, and it wasn't just, well, it was only one guy crawling underneath it, and that was Wixel. Well, there's two of us. We both did. Yeah. But, I mean, that was kind of, that's one thing that I think is cool about our group is that if somebody goes down, you've got, you know, three, four, or five guys that are there just wanting to help you and get you back going again. What's so funny? Chief's just back here. Just, just can't get comfortable. I, I forgot he was with us. <laughs> so he's, he's, look, just, he's looking tired of it all. He's just vibing. He, he's he like, missed, what is this podcast stuff? Yeah. He missed you so much. He wants like, to cuddle. You guys are so boring. <laughs> <laughs> Let's talk about some tennis balls or something. <laughs> but yeah, like for me, one thing that I took away from this weekend, and it, it, uh, it came from Jake when his propane hose coming off the regulator on his wheelhouse had a crack in it and it was just so cold that it, it could have been just putting a tank on the wrong way or having to tweak a hose just a little bit and cracked it so I would like to pick up another regulator and another set of the little hoses that come off of the regulator that's one thing that that I took away from this weekend is that that would probably not be a stupid thing to have Yeah, I would. I was kind of thinking it'd be pretty nice to have like a jump pack in case you're out, especially if you're out by yourself and your wheeler dies in the middle of the lake. You have something to try to get that thing going again. Well, that one that Papa Josh had, that thing, that thing that popped jumped. Timmy's truck off like nothing. Oh yeah, we didn't even talk about what happened to Timmy's truck. You went on that rescue mission. I'll let you take that one. Well, I mean, basically, you got you got the call that when they tried to come on fishing, the pickup wouldn't start. So we set out on another rescue mission, and we went into town, and we were going to see what their plan was, what they wanted to do, whether they wanted to put a battery in it or tow it to the closer to the building so we can plug the block heater in or see what they want. And we pulled up, and they like, well, we're going to go get a new battery, but if we can jump it, we'll take it to, like, O'Reilly's or something and maybe have them put one in or just get one from them and we pull up and Papa Josh grabs his jumper pack out we hook it right up and at negative 15 degrees it starts the truck in like five cranks so the, I don't even know what that thing was but just one of them little jumper packs I don't know what uh, brand well, it is but that thing was kick ass that one I believe it's one that can charge batteries and I don't know if it has a flashlight on. I, I think it, it has a flashlight and I think that one actually has a built in air compressor 
Yeah, that thing is pretty sweet. Actually, is that the, when is that we the I think it might be. When we left uh, Wapton and head back up here, I still had it in my center console, but I gave it to Cameraman Cubby to return back to its owner so it can get charged up so it can go on the next recovery mission. That thing is it's pretty handy. I mean, it's really small. It's compact. It's easy to easy to put somewhere in your truck if you want it under the back seat or wherever. You know, something that's handy to to have. Definitely. How did your guys' batteries do this weekend with the cold? As far as the fish house ones? Yeah, fish house or like even my drill. That's what I think. That's what all of us use for augers is is our drills. And I never had. I don't know. My drill never skipped a beat. I never had a battery. I think maybe one time <laughs> I had a battery go dead that I had to switch it. I had one that didn't really want to let me use the full charge once it got low. But for the most part, the rest, the two bigger ones, they, they did fine. I think the only batteries we had trouble with was those ion ones, honestly. They got too cold and you just won't let you use your auger. Speaking of the too cold, I didn't know this because I don't have a live scope, but apparently some of those live scopes, it'll, it'll give you a warning that it's, the transducer is too cold. We ran into that quite a bit when oh, we were yeah. hopping around. <laughs> why, what is that? Like it's just iced up and can't send signal or why, what is it? Yeah, it's just like the transducers, I don't know, it just says transducer too cold. But if you put it in the hole, it'll turn back on in a couple minutes. So you've, you've had that happen to you? Actually, that was the first time, but it was never... Like, you put it once you put it back down in the hole, after a couple minutes, it'd kick back on, no problem. Just kind of a minor inconvenience if yeah. you're trying to hole there's, hop and find There's no way way around it. Even the with them in the sled, they were freezing up. Suppose a guy could build, like, a... If you had a carrying case or built an actual, like, wooden box, you could insulate it or something. Maybe that would help. But it warms up quick anyway. It's probably not that big of a deal. Yeah, and it was only the deucer. Like, the mapping screens worked the whole time. It was just when you switched to the deucer that it would take a little bit to get it to thaw out. Well, when you're pulling them out of the water and then put it up on the front of the four-wheeler in negative 50 yeah, degree it weather, it's not going to take much. instantly frozen. How did your... Uh all of your modifications that you did to your wheeler, is there anything that you're going to change or anything that you want to do different? Um, yeah, so a couple of things I'll change. Nothing really major. The uh, Most of the, like the rod case, I'm going to, it's got the lock and ride, like mounting tabs, the thumb screw ones. Instead of using the thumb screw to actually tighten the plug, I'm gonna use just a bolt or a nut and a washer on there and tighten that. So then the thumb screw will just be to block the case onto the top of it. Cause it's kind of a pain in the butt when it's really cold to get those things to tighten all the way. Um, otherwise, I thought it worked, everything worked out pretty well. You're gonna go away from that, carry them, your rods where you did cause you can't really haul a passenger with you or? No, I don't think so. Right on the fo footboards? Yeah, actually, unless you, you know, I mean... Well, Spermie made it work all weekend, so... Yeah, it, it worked pretty well. Um, there's a couple other things that you could do, but... I might change it up next year, but that'll be how it runs for this year, for sure. Nice. Plus, for the foreseeable future, 
with all of our local stuff, we'll have multiple machines that we can pull out. It's not like it's it's not like we have to try to fit twenty five guys on eight Definitely. machines again. So yeah, it's kind of a once a year thing. Yeah. So for the for the rest foreseeable future, we'll, we can pretty much go one machine per guy, or even how we did it worked out pretty well. Yeah, definitely, if you're thinking about if you got a side by side, and you're thinking about putting a cab on it, do it. That was a lifesaver for running back and forth, back to camp, and back out on the ice. I would definitely recommend that if you're thinking about it, just do it. Yeah, the windshield was a huge upgrade from not having one last year. <laughs> or if you're on the fence about getting a North Star Premium Edition Ranger <laughs> four door heat cab AC. 100%. Yeah, do that too because you'll be plenty. You'll be better off there. than just with the cab. You'll have all sorts of people that want to fish with you then. It's a good oh, way yeah. to make friends. Yeah, you'll have all sorts <laughs> of new friends. Even if you get a uh, crew cab too and get the four door, you'll, uh, so you'll really be thought. making friends. Do you guys think there'll ever be a point in your life where you do one of those, like those guys will take those Rangers and they'll cut the, the whole covers out? in the floorboard of the rangers and then they'll just fish out of there kind of like a snowbear type of deal like there is there going to be a point where i have that was well, that something like you would want oh or yeah you... i think that would be cool you would probably never be able to well if you had a whole sleeve good enough i guess yeah you put a five gallon bucket in there maybe <laughs> so i say you could i feel like when it's you know 20 25 degrees that'd be sweet especially if you're running and gunning Yep. But, like, if you were to try that this weekend, I do not think that would have worked very well. That seems like it'd be really inconvenient to drill the hole. Yeah. Like you'd almost have to drill it before and then drive over it. But then if you've got, like, a crew cab, if you're going to put four holes in there, good luck. I think you'd almost... I suppose if you had the pistol bent or something, it'd be a little bit easier to make it happen. They're a little... They're shorter and you don't got the whole head on it, but... I think you're, depending on, you probably wouldn't put one on the driver's side, I wouldn't think. You're going to need somewhere for your feet to go, but that could be definitely a challenge. I don't think you're going to be able to line it up perfect on four holes. What about your houses? How did your, how did your guys' houses hold up this weekend, and along with, like, your lights and stuff in there? I mean, thought mine did pretty good. I, like, did your did your lights hold up? The, the reason I asked that is because I had one of my old batteries that came out of a fire alarm panel, and I hooked it up to my lights, and <laughs> that's where my battery came from. <laughs> my two. Did yours actually work? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, my two are shot. I do not have any more. They're just a lead acid eight amp hour, or seven amp hour, uh, twelve volt battery. And mine, when I first hooked them up to my lights, I have the clam LED light sticks. And there were like three and a half bulbs on them that worked, and I thought that both of my light sticks were, you know, broken. Torched. Yeah, just <laughs> I don't know what happened. They worked last year, but then I ended up switching over to my Amped Outdoors uh, lithium battery, and it was, you know, brighter than hell in there. You you could see whatever you want, and then it's kind of cool because they got they're dimmable, so you know as long if you want to just see a little bit, you can dim them all the way down, and they're still they're still fairly bright when they're at their fullest dim setting. Right. That looks like fun. 
So I yeah, I purchased yeah, those definitely. the clam, not the light sticks, but they're new. It's just like two LED strips, and you can Velcro them to your poles. Since I bought that Eskimo fish house, and I couldn't put a light stick in there without. I mean, I could have done the same thing, just Velcro to it, but. And those are pretty nice because those actually change colors. So I get red, green, I think blue, and then white. And they're also dimmable, but I don't know. I I made the decision to buy one of those amped outdoor batteries. I think it's like a 15 amp. And uh, I didn't charge. I didn't charge a Vexlar battery, an amped outdoors battery, or any of my Milwaukee batteries all weekend, and it was just fine. And most of us fished for three pretty much full days. Yeah. So that's that's pretty good for you know that amount of fishing and that that many hours being out there. The one thing you know my houses they all did pretty well, but when it's this cold, my X two hundred could almost use another heater, and I have a little buddy heater that I put in there with me with a with a one pound propane tank on it. And the first one that I screwed into it was spewing propane all over. I was gonna have a little mic moment. <laughs> uh, but, and then I, now I just can't get it going. I can't get Does it. Does this look open? I don't know. Is it? So I, I think we'll have to. See a lot of lights on. Yeah. Apologize for that. What do you got What do you got to go in there for? We're out of beverages. Oh, need a drink. Yeah, my throat's a little dry yeah. too. I've been coughing. Mine, we've. Yeah, we're gonna. Somebody want to spot me? I'll get it off. Why? Why you? Uh, <laughs> why you need a spot? Well, yeah, Michael. Why do you need a spot? I may so, or may uh, not have made it all weekend. It was a phone down the hole. Full service, because that guy looks like he could use some help. <laughs> no, we're not gonna help that guy. <laughs> Didn't lose anything all weekend <laughs> out in the miserable cold on Devil's Lake and. We're getting back into Fargo, and you know, I borrowed a Ranger from Jake's uncle Dustin, and so he's kind of a big Crown Peach guy. So I went and got him a, a nice big bottle of Crown Peach as a kind of a nice thank you for letting us use his, you know, his Ranger. And somewhere between the Happy Harry's on 53rd and Fargo, and Wapaton is one. a wallet. So that's that's where I'm at. We want to wrap this podcast up before we all walk into the gas station here. No, we're just gonna pause we're just it. gonna pause it. I suppose you can edit it. And I'm gonna yeah, we're just gonna pause. Go ahead. Yeah. I'm gonna just let her let her fly, and I'll. I'll BRB, go in there. we're thirsty. Well, what, do you, what do you want? Are you coming in? Or no, you I'll stay just, with Chief. I'll, I'll stay with Chief. We'll, I'll take a power in. Chief, what do you want? Good talk. Tennis ball. No, tennis ball. I ain't got no tennis balls. All right. Well, we'll be back. You man the fort. I'm gonna check this. Draft someone. Mini Max. Give me a, give me an orange. We're live. So it is currently 2:19, and we are just pulling out of the uh, the Simonsons there on Highway 2 in Grand Forks. And I guess we're gonna <laughs> roll on home and see if this thing will start and pull itself off the trailer again, which would be kind of nice. Hey, at well, least if it could. doesn't start, we can push it off the trailer. Our work, the hard work was over. Well, we also got to get it in the driveway and or garage. Well, I can back into so your here's, garage. Your driveway, here's my vote. Roll straight in. Before we even there unchain it, if it doesn't start. Before we even unchain it, let's try and start it. 
And if we're, it still won't start, then we're just going to drive to the dealership. Yeah. We'll, we'll just unchain it, put it in neutral, and go take off down the interstate. Then it can be somebody else's problem. True. It's got a warranty, right? Yep. I think it'd be hilarious if you got a call in the morning like, Hey, why's your pickup here? You're like, piece of junk won't start. Give yep. me something else. <laughs> I'd like a new one, please. I'll sell you, I actually won't sell you this one. This one's reliable. Yeah. I don't know if I get rid of this. No, I'll I'm... trade you, though. Call me if you need well, a lift. It, does that one got a gooseneck in it? <laughs> yeah, I'll call you and I need to get towed You can home. put whatever you want in it. That is true. Preferably some better tie-down points in the back. In mine? Well, so we cheated. That, that one binder, I could not get it to... They wanted to keep twisting the dang chain, and then it was cold, so I said, screw it. And I went to an old trusty two-inch strap, and I was able to get that wrapped around the axle. Oh, that's all good. And it's, everything is snug. Nothing's, nothing's moved at all. We're, we're cheating. So where were we when we took our little break? We were talking about, oh, yeah, how your house is held up. Batteries. Yep. yep. Batteries and houses. Every single one of my houses needs to be dried Repair. out, like, so I, yeah. now. So I, I think... From what I gathered from today, I know a guy who's got a beautiful shop that there's currently two houses set up in. Where's that at? Uh, Micah? That'd be at the Bakken Estate. <laughs> Shout out to Bach again. Yeah, we currently have my, my sled house as well as cameraman Cubby's set up in there drying out tonight. How we don't really charge a big fee, just a, just a small beverage fee, um, to come dry your house, dry your house out. Does my thirty rack that I just got them last week count? You might have to throw like a six pack on top. But yeah, I could probably do that. A six pack or something special. How long are you leaving these houses set up for? So I'm not sure. I guess we'll get back tonight, um, or I guess this morning. <laughs> Should be rolling in. I don't know. Call it four or five o'clock and. Just in time to go to work. Absolutely. Yeah. Not a damn chance. <laughs> oh, and so now that we're, I mean, not to get off topic, but what is everybody's plans tomorrow? Sleep? Yeah. Sleep. Same. Sleep and uh, I have to get my houses set up because my one double hub that we used this weekend, the roof is the only part that's thermal on it. And that thing is very, very frosty. <laughs> Yeah, I think got to get some toys unloaded out of the trailer, and I need the razor put inside too. We got a lot of stuff we got to do. You know, it'd almost be easier to just take the forty footer out the box house and do everything out there. Yeah, we don't want to take his shop away from him though. Yeah, I'm just sure if like you give him enough beverages, he'd be all right. Yeah, if we could put stuff in there from tomorrow night or tomorrow during the day until the next night. I think that would do it. We could get him a good gift basket of beverages. And a good gift basket of beverages or honestly just everyone throws a $20 bill in the ring and I bet he'd be more tickled. All right, we're gonna have, you're gonna have to talk to him. Cause you're talking one, two, three, four, no, one, two, three, four, five, six. You're talking like seven ice houses being set up in there. Yeah. I think we could get four potentially in a row. This might be a couple day project. But I guess we'll see because we've had some set up in there now 
since what was that? Ten o'clock? No, it was earlier than that. It would have been. Or was it eight? Eight thirty-ish, about yeah. maybe. Yeah, that's right. So that shop's so, got a floor drain in it. It does. Yep. Yeah. That'd be more ideal than doing it in the uh, my parents' garage because we don't have a floor drain in there, and every time you get the floor all wet, you can sweep it, mop it, do everything you want before, but it doesn't matter if your fabric hits it; it turns like a dirty water color, like a like a brown stain almost. Yep. And I don't like my houses looking like that. See, that's why I bought that Eskimo. So it's just red, and the bottom is just black. So she'll never, she'll never look gross. Always look brand new. Well, there we Roughly. go. Roughly. Allegedly. Well, Speaking you guys... of the Eskimo, I got zero, zero tears in the fabric this weekend, except for there's one little one on that bottom flap. So and you have not zero tears. <laughs> yeah, so you, got you one. do have one tear. Okay, so I'm at almost zero tears. <laughs> yeah, my my X200 got a new tear in it. Uh, other than that, I think the hubs all survived pretty well. I do have a broken pole in one of my hubs. I should fix that this weekend. Or this week. And then I'm planning on getting back out on the hard water next weekend. What about you guys? Where's your plan? Consist of? Uh, I don't know. I'll probably go over to uh, Detroit Lakes area, Fergus area, anywhere around there. I mean, I'd have to buy a Minnesota license. You should do that anyway. That's where we're going to be fishing now until uh, the season closes the end of February. Let's see if that's a possibility. I made a mistake by using that live scope, though. You're welcome. Sell your, sell your hummingbird? No, I was actually just so talking. You, you actually, so speaking of hummingbird, you and Wixo here need to sit down and put your guys side by side and adjust your settings. Wixo's was a lot more clear than yours was. He's also got a new, newer model. This is a 7. Yeah, but it's, what is it, a G4? Like it's a three. Mine's a G2. So to my understanding, my understanding when they adjust those, well it also depends. You were fishing by yourself when you had his. You didn't have any other electronics right. around. That is true. Well I, Caleb came, Cameron Cubby came and he put his Garmin down. Yeah they get along pretty well. It's the Vexlars and the Markums that kind of mess with them a little bit. The Markums like make it it's like a damn smoke screen. You can't see anything. At least they're old ones. Maybe they're... Like, I remember the LX7. That thing, if you put that down next to uh, to my bird, oh, well, my bird says, yeah, no, use that instead. I don't know. I was thinking about putting a snowmobile up for uh, for a trade for a live scope, but I don't... I think I, I want the snowmobile still as an option. Well, you never know. If we have a year like, like this year, you, you probably ain't never going to get to use the dang thing. I don't care. I'd but rather not use it. For next year, if we get well, here, it up Here's gone. just a thought. Do that. Trade the snowmobile for a live scope. And then when you get you know enough snow next year that you need something on track, just buy tracks for the Razor. That's, That's a lot of a, coin. That, yeah, that, that's a possibility, though. 
It or is. you just post the snowmobile up for sale and sell it. And then you can take that money and go buy your live scope and then the leftovers you can put in a put in your piggy bank for when you're ready to go get tracks. I would not mind having tracks. I think the tracks would be sweet. I think a track razor would be awesome. You don't see a ton of those. I think I've only ever seen one in person that had tracks on it. I think that would be ideal to have tracks on the Ranger or the Razor because then you got the full cab, then you got to put an inferno heater in there, and then you'd be set. Yeah, with the glass windshield and a defroster and a wiper. Yeah, oh, God. The Razor might be getting the catch cover put on the floor. You might have to because you're not going to want to get out, especially on a weekend like we just had. Yeah, no, no more passengers allowed because that's my fishing spot. Yeah, that's, that's my fishing hole. That's my ice hole. You can't. Uh, oh, and you put a, take your front passenger seat out and you can build your own, put your live scope mount on there for when you get that. You'll, you'll be set. One thing I still do want to do is get a, I want to find a Helix 5 that has the GPS in it and mount that in the Razor permanently. Well, not permanently, it would come out, but have a mapping system mounted in there so you don't have to carry the Helix with you all the time. Shield sells them. Yeah, I know. I think I'd rather have a live scope. But I want the one that you, you got the HDMI cord on the back of it. I think those are four grand. That way you can plug it into your TV and the cancel. Correct. Have you ever thought about just like trying to fab up some bolts through your dash that you could just like wing nut it? No, I I have not. But it's a little bit too big. Yeah. I think I just want the screen with a with a the power cord and a 12 volt cigarette plug. That's how it would be, be powered. Yeah. It'd be really cool if you could link it together and have uh, like the maps on the trails on the same unit, which I know I've seen a lot of guys that use Lorance as their uh, their mapping systems. I've never seen anybody with a hummingbird, but I don't know. Well, it would it would lay down your trail. You would just lose it after so long. Right, right. Yeah, it'd be similar to like the Onyx situation when we're out west hunting. Yeah. You gotta reset it or you can't track while you're there. It's also not gonna show you any of the trails or anything, so. Right, yeah, so you'd almost have to run them yourself and then turn the track off. And then you would at least know where the trails are. That's not a bad idea. I wonder how much like distance you can map though. Like, you know, when you turn your screen on, it automatically shows you where you've been, but yeah. that goes away after so many miles. Right. Like, that'd be like one trip. Yeah. The options are pretty endless as far as what you can do with all that stuff, which is part of the fun of it. Well, boys, is it question time? It could be. How long have we been live for? About an hour and 30 minutes. About an hour and 20. Minutes. Yeah, with our break in there, probably. Oh, about 64 miles from Fargo, so. Yeah, so we're going to do our questions. We already said the tip of the week. What was the tip of the week? Be prepared. Be prepared. I, think I didn't get to say mine, but mine was going to be if you can. You have a, a 
decent way to do it. Put a floor in your little portable house. It makes a huge difference. Yeah, it does. Either that or even a, even some foam pads that you can put your feet on. Just something to keep your feet off the ice. I remember Jake back in high school when we used his dad's uh, X400 or the double-sided sled. Uh, they just had two two by four little planks that they built, and those just just having your feet off the ice makes a big difference. Notice Timmy had some like them rubber floor mat, not like it's any floor mats, but the rubber mats. Yeah, like the like puzzle had, pieces. Yeah, something like that. Yeah. Now, Micah, how'd your green carpet fare? I think I heard you say you threw it away. I threw it away. It was, I think, on like you know. A normal day of ice fishing, it'd have been perfect. I think in the negative 40, it, you know, by the time you popped your holes and then, you know, laid it down, it was stuck to the ice. It almost froze solid within like 32 seconds. That is one thing so, I thought about doing this weekend: just getting like, uh, like a horse stall mat, like that three-eighths thick rubber matting. Cut yep. that to size to fit the floor plan of my flip over. And then drilling holes in it where or cutting holes where I'd want to drill my holes then you just like bungee strap that on top of your sled after you put your cover on so then you pull up to wherever you're going throw the mat down drill your holes quick and you can just pull the mat out of the side to get all the snow out of there flip your house over throw your mat back down flip your house over now you have your holes exactly where you want them every time that would that, and that's totally not a bad insulated. idea. I well, used I used to have a setup like that. I had a big rubber mat that I got and I cut it to fit inside my house and I drilled the holes or cut the holes out so they were in the same spot every time. The only downfall is it's very heavy. Yeah, but when you're hooked up to a wheeler, yeah, then it doesn't matter. Weight kind of goes out the window. Right. And it worked good, but I I think I had a couple issues of it freezing to the ice a couple times. That could be a problem. You always but, have to bring an ice chipper with you. Yeah, I just gotta you leave that there. Either that or you're marking your spot so you know where to go back to. Yeah. Well, that would definitely, like, cutting all your holes so you know exactly where they'd be, even if you didn't drill it necessarily with it down. You can set your mat down and then mark all four of your holes around me and then move the mat and then drill. Yeah. But, at, like, I know for me, I... I don't get out and fish as much as I'd like to, but I know, so last, yesterday when I sat my house up, finally about three o'clock in the afternoon, I drilled my holes and they were way off. Like I had to move my sled to adjust to fit the holes and then the one was way out like right in the corner and the other one was in the opposite corner which was fine. Then I had one that was about two inches from my sled and the other one was about a foot out. Like I gotta, gotta get back in the groove of setting the holes where I want them. I had a lot of issues with my dead rod in the rod holder that if the hole wasn't in the right spot, the line would freeze to the side of the ice hole. So anytime I tried to move that or wiggle it, it would it just wasn't doing what I wanted it to do. Definitely. Well, the negative 40 degree wind chills isn't helping that either. No. I think I know, like last year, even though we had all the snow on the ice, there was, I remember some of the days we didn't set our houses up, we were just fishing outside until like noon. No, we found the fish, then we set our houses up. There was there was no doing that this year. No. That was not an option. Not at all. <laughs> it was set your house up and you didn't care if you were on fish or not, at least you're out of the wind. Absolutely. Yeah, if it wasn't for, I mean honestly if it wasn't for the wind, which is 
Commonwealth North Dakota thing to say if it wasn't for the wind, it wouldn't have been so bad, but it was true. Yeah, the wind definitely made it worse. A lot worse. Who wants to start the questions? Micah, Micah said he had a, when I picked him up to start this adventure, he said he had a really good question for the podcast. So, Micah? I cannot remember what that would have been. Uh, but I can think of something. Oh, I got I to gotta think here, too. Well, here's one. Maybe it was asked yesterday. I, don't, I can't remember. But if there was just one thing you wish you'd have done different or come just slightly more prepared for for this trip, what, what would have that have been? Yourself a 
the best chance. Wouldn't have been a bad idea. But we did it after the fact, so I guess that's all that matters. Think so. Uh, I guess I got one if you don't. Go ahead. So, electronic-wise, what are you like your? If you were to go and you, um, obviously, live, I guess live scope would probably be the common answer, but. You got to pick like money didn't matter you you get whatever you get what are you going with and why i guess we'll take let's take live scope out of it because that's i think everybody so you can have anything you want any any electronic you want minus a live scope that's too too elite i want a solex and why because they're freaking sweet fair enough or a mega live that's not a live scope Fair enough. I guess bad optics wouldn't be either then. Nope, technically not. <laughs> I feel like I might go a little out of the norm here and say a camera. Because I, I rarely fish alone, and everybody that I fish with, for the most part, has got some kind of mapping system and flasher and all that shit to get it set up. But I really enjoy fishing off a camera. Fair enough. Yeah, the cameras are, uh, they're cool. I wouldn't recommend it as your first and only fishing electronic, but yeah, they're pretty they, cool to have. They are pretty yeah, sweet I to mean, have. They could help you. I mean, I, if that's all you have, you could probably still dial that thing in and, and get on some fish. But I agree, I, I would not set that as your... If you don't have anything, buy, buy like a Hummingbird or a Vexlar, or at least something other than just the camera. I would even say go straight to like a Hummingbird so you can get that mapping system. I think the mapping or, is Or huge. a Garmin will do the same thing, Lorance will do the same thing, but getting one of those that gives you a map and a flasher is going to be... Uh, it's going to be your best option. I think especially like for this past weekend with the pressure edges and everything. Yeah. Just knowing that you, obviously no ice is safe, but when you're driving out and you're crossing pressure edges, to know that I've crossed here, I know what the the ice is, we've done it how many times, we should be good. It's nice to be able to hit it in the same spot rather than having to guess. Yeah. Just be able to run your same track, I think it's a huge plus. And you can kind of forget, like, it's pretty easy to get lost out on some of these bigger lakes, especially if it's miserably cold and, you know, it's kind of a pain in the ass to look up when you're driving when it's blowing 40 miles an hour on your four-wheeler. So... We're in North Star. Ranger comes in. Right? <laughs> well, there was one time with the blowing snow that I couldn't see shore. Yeah. Yeah, I got every once in a while after we got that light dusting it it got pretty bad I guess for me I like I I don't like the FL 28s or whatever they are I'm not the greatest on reading those I mean I, I can figure it out but I guess from what I've experienced and used with guys letting me use it what I've watched other people use I kind of kind of like the hummingbirds and with the map the mapping would be the huge thing on there I, re I really like that and I guess I'd want a hummingbird. 
Nick, wait till. I think Nick's gonna fall asleep here. Yeah, I'm, I'm snoozing over here. Uh, what is the worst thing that, well, the biggest vehicle problem you've ever had? Um, it technically wasn't my vehicle anymore, but the car that I had owned and then given to my parents or sold it to my parents to give to my sister had a small engine fire in my aunt's driveway. Nice. Yeah. I thought you were going to say this right now. I was thinking this would that. Be, this would probably be the second, though, where it's actually, this would be the biggest one that's currently my vehicle. I think I know what Mike is going to say. Nope, nope, you're off. You um, think so? I'm pretty sure I'm I would say off. my biggest vehicle problem, well, it's hard to classify that, I guess. Um, as much as I did like that, that 2016 Eco Diesel I had, came with an air suspension, uh, the auto leveling, I don't know, four-quarter air suspension ram did there, and that worked for about three to four months after I bought it, then it would quit, and then it was summertime, so then I guess it was okay in the summer, and then winter hit again, and I could run for like maybe a day, and then I would have to park it in a heated shop for like 10 to 12 hours, get all the lines thawed back out again. I would get her pumped back up. I might be able to run for a week, week and a half, and then it would be right back to where it was at. And that just progressively got worse and worse and worse throughout that the start to that winter until finally it was over Christmas. I drove like, I don't know, 20 some odd hours um, going around for Christmas vacation you know, to different people's houses on no suspension at all because the bags were just completely flat. And that, that was probably the, sound like fun. It was probably the most miserable I've ever been. I think Chief could even agree. He <laughs> never wants me to buy an air ride vehicle again. <laughs> so So did that burn up when the truck burned up then? Well, so I actually ended up, I, I pulled all that air ride suspension off and I put just regular coils back in. Fair enough. And then it was great after that until it started on fire. So I don't know which one is technically worse. But <laughs> well, the ride quality of the one on fire was not bad. So that's true. Yeah, it wasn't that old either. Pretty new shop. <laughs> but I think my biggest vehicle issue I've had. I, I guess it depends on if you count the race cars or not. Because I've blown motors up on those before. But taking out, like, for a personal daily vehicle, I think my biggest issue probably, I guess I did a transmission and an expedition, but then I did also broke a drive shaft on a 95 GMC Sierra. So I would say the, tra the transmission is probably the the biggest issue. I ended up getting a new one replaced on that one, so. Nick, back to you. This has nothing, well, kind of to do with vehicles, but it's fine. When I almost lit my old black pickup on fire because I ran, I ran a, uh, a wire through the door, and me being the young whippersnapper that I was, I'm like, oh, yeah, that's fine. Yeah, no, it wasn't fine. It wore through the cable. So I, I remember this because I'm pretty sure Big Maddie 
um, was there and he thought it was the funniest thing in the world when he turned around and goes, oh hey, Sam was the truck's name, Sam's having a smoke break, and yeah, you turned around and yeah, he was smoking. Wait, so I think that leaves you. Um, yeah, we all had good questions, then. Yeah, had to get him back. 
get him on a trailer and get him to his lake cabin so he could fix his tire before his dad saw it because he said he'd be mad if he saw it. Was it successful? Yeah, oh yeah. Yeah, we, we got him dropped off and he was he was good to go after that. I, I haven't seen him since, but he's alright. Nice. Well, I think that about wrap, wraps it up for us. Let's make sure you got any closing thoughts. No, I don't think so. Micah? I think uh, until next time, let's just take her easy. Stay safe, stay warm, and catch some fish. Nick? Yeah, that's, uh, I pretty much just got the same. Uh, stay safe if you're out ice fishing, check the ice. Keep an eye out on the Instagram, the Facebook, and uh, bye for now. Yeah, thanks for tuning in. Until next time, we'll get back to you.